This is Latour Live with Dave Latour on News Radio WHP 580. Hey, gang, welcome back in. Happy New Year. Latour Live, episode 196. Man, that holiday went fast, didn't it, Parksy? No, in fact, I think uh, no? it, was, it was a 10-day break for me, and I think it was just the appropriate amount of time. Really? I, I, I could have used another week. Like, I'm at that point in my life where I don't care about going, getting back to work, Good. you know, but, you know, I, I'm used to binging TV series over the holidays, and boy, did I do my binging. And uh, we'll talk about that in segment four and what we're watching, but... I binged a crap load of television, mm. not to mention bowl games, my sports betting prowess as uh, as our as our guest, Dr. Keith Naughton, saw firsthand over this past weekend. I mean, Keith, that was I got I had a heater going there, didn't I? You did. You did. So you got to let it ride. You know? <laughs> I'm not letting that's, it that's how, ride. That's how all winners do. They just keep doubling down. No <laughs> You're such a liar. You're such a liar. <laughs> it's kind of like Dr. that. that Noth- like that high. I cannot work. believe you hit all those college games. Can you believe I mean, it? I find those games impossible. Hmm. I would just take all the underdogs because you know who knows what the hell's going on. Parks. I so, went ten and zero. I went ten and zero over over a three day period. I can see the bags of money with the dollar sign sitting behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I cashed that sucker out right away. <laughs> yeah. I, I learned a lesson a long time ago and um, somebody told me one time I was out in Las Vegas and I had won a small amount of money, but I could have won a bigger amount of money had something broken my way. And this person said to me, look at you, what a degenerate gambler you are. You're upset that you actually won. You won. How rare is that? That person was Dr. Keith Naughton, uh, who gave me that advice. Like, winners should never be upset by how much they won, because well, that doesn't happen very often. But my favorite saying for gamblers is, all real gamblers are always unhappy. Always. That's a really good point. Because, you know, if you lose, you're mad. And if you win, the first thing you think is, wow, I should have bet more. Right. Right. Yeah, it's very true. Could I point very out true. something that's bothering me? Could Naughton, could you move your face over? We're getting like a half half a Naughton here. We yeah, go. we got half a Dr. Naughton. Yeah. We 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 love we seeing the, the terrible Naughton. We want the whole Naughton. Yeah. Right? So everyone at home, make sure you got your radio dial shifted <laughs> a little bit to the right. <laughs> you know. Parksy. So you had ten days off. Yeah. What was that what was your favorite gift over the holidays? Um, don't yeah, give not, us your friends, your family around you crap. No, no, not not as good as the bidet, but I got yeah. a um, I got two sets of power tools, and I was expecting the cheap the cheapy ones, and right. I ended up getting two Dewalt uh, chainsaw and a impact driver. So I think that was probably the highlight. Two two new power tools. Super fans on our show from our show will remember that uh, last year at this time, Parks was celebrating the fact that he got a bidet for Christmas, yeah, right? Yeah. You still have the bidet? So everything oh, going good with the bidet? Everything is good. And every morning works fine. Every morning is paradise, right? You know, whenever you bring the bidet up, I have one disturbing image, and it's you sitting on the bidet <laughs> with a copy of War and Peace. 
turbo. <laughs> there was honestly, there was a guy on. It was one of the football games or something. It came on the commercial, and two guys, of course, started their own business, and they invented the bidet, the what they call the perfect bidet. And what they right. said at the end was was absolutely accurate. He says it will change your life. Pause forever. Hey, speaking of changing our lives forever, I, I think we're all three Steelers fans co-hosting the show today. Uh, the, the, the final Ben Roethlisberger home game uh, at Heinz Field, I'm kicking myself for not going, um, but I had traveled over the holidays, and I really didn't feel like making the drive out to Pittsburgh. But it seemed like one of those games that you had to attend, right, Keith? I mean, it, it – it was a fantastic send-off and the way he stayed out there on the field afterwards and the fans didn't leave and then his family came out at the end. I mean, that's real storybook stuff if you're not coached by Mike Tomlin. Am I right? Yeah, you know, all, you know, a lot of these top players, they don't end with the team they played with. And, you know, he's been, let's just say, a little difficult over the years. <laughs> yeah. But he did finished the uh finished his career you know i mean obviously you you wanted to win more games but he did finish his career well you know it was kind of a storybook type ending what did you think parks were you inspired did you cry at all did you cry at at ben's last game i did not cry i know a lot of people were talking about crying Uh, i i can't cry over a guy who's made 150 million dollars over his career. Now, I being a lifelong Steeler fan, I think, and Ryan Clark mentioned this, and I agree with him. He said that Ben was the greatest Steeler quarterback ever, above Bradshaw, above anybody else, because I think he, for those 20-some years, he stayed for the same team. He was authentic, blue-collar, rough-and-tumble. The only thing was, at the end, when they scored that touchdown, I was throwing stuff at the TV. I said, go for the two points. Let him throw the ball one more time. <laughs> Yeah, but then I was go for but, but then I was redeemed because they intercepted. How so the, the football gods and Ben got to take a knee for the, the last football play. gods yeah. smiled on him to allow him to come back in, take a kneel, and you know, in front of all those fans. So that was the storybook ending. So what do we see after that game? One day after all the Roethlisberger adulation, then it becomes <coughs> all the Mike Tomlin adulation because for the fifteenth consecutive year. Mike Tomlin clinched a non-losing season in Pittsburgh. Suddenly, having a non-losing record makes you a winner as a Pittsburgh Steeler. I'm sorry, but as a Steeler fan, I expect excellence because that's what the franchise tells me to expect. But what have we had as Steelers fans over the last decade? Three playoff wins against, by the way, two backup quarterbacks in three of those games, and uh, no playoff wins in five years. Uh, they like to say the Steelers will uh, clinch uh, leading the league in sacks five straight years. Once again, no playoff wins. Uh, but I keep hearing how great Mike Tomlin is. And, um, you know, I would be saying the same thing, at, you know, and I was saying the same thing at the end of Bill Cowher's career. Coaches have shelf lives, shelf lives in, uh, in pro and in college football. There are some exceptions to the rule. Of course, there's exceptions to any rule. I think Bill Belichick is an exception to the rule. At one point, he went 10 years without winning a Super Bowl at New England before they hit their second run, before they rebuilt. But, Keith, I don't have any confidence that Tomlin, who, by the way, has a 
significant hand in personnel decisions uh, leading this team back, especially with his choice of coordinators, um, his inability to spot talent, uh, his his inability to admit he's wrong, starting a center who should never have started in the NFL this year. They bench him this week. Uh, they bring in a backup, and all of a sudden they start running the ball. They trade for Witherspoon, a cornerback, at the beginning of the year. He doesn't play for 10 weeks. He leads the team in interceptions. Where was he for 10 weeks, Key? Well, you know, we should go to the numbers because we know that numbers never lie about anything. They never lie. In history. All right. So, so, Keith, won't the numbers tell you that Tomlin has won more games than Cower? Well, yeah, but he's had more seasons. Okay. Or I don't think, I think it's, cl- yeah, he's had the same number of seasons. No, he's had I like think. three more seasons. Well, anyway, well, so here's, here's, so Roethlisberger is the common factor. Right. And Tomlin's had Roethlisberger the whole time. So under Cower, Roethlisberger was 29 11 for a 725 regular season win percentage. Under Tomlin, 135 71 for 658. Postseason under, uh, Cower made the playoffs two out of three times under Tomlin, nine out of 15. That's 67% versus 60%. Five and one postseason under Cower, eight and eight under Tomlin. All with Roethlisberger. We're talking yeah, all with Roethlisberger. With Roethlisberger. Now, here's the, here's the real interesting part. For Cower, before Roethlisberger, when he had McDonald, Stewart, Tom, Zach, and Maddox. Right. He, uh, please repeat those names. McDonald. <laughs> uh, uh, O'Donnell, Stewart, Tom Cordell Zach, Stewart, and Maddox. Mike, Tom Zach, um, Tommy Maddox. Jim Miller even started a game at quarterback, and he right. quickly shed him. Yes. All of them still waiting for that Hall of Fame call. <laughs> waiting, waiting. So Cower goes 120-79-1 the regular season for 60%. Makes the playoffs 8 out of 12 seasons. Right, than, with those quarterbacks. More than Tomlin did with Roethlisberger, and 7-8 and eight in the playoffs, only a half game behind. And let's remember, um, Tomlin inherited a good football team. Cowher inherited a decade of malaise on the downside <laughs> of Chuck Knoll's career. Go ahead. Yeah, they were under five hundred, I think, the year before he got in. Yeah. Both of them were in their 15th seasons. So both I checked, both of them. Oh, they are both 15th seasons? Yeah. seasons? Yes. Yeah. Cower knew when to get out. Tomlin signs a three-year extension this past summer. I mean, so he's not going anywhere. And I'm, and I'm not suggesting that he's going to be fired. But, man, they should come to a mutual decision and move on. Uh, I, I think Kevin what? Colbert's going to retire this to year. From the I mean, but, yeah, but who can we move on to? You look around the league now of all those. Teams Let me just stop coaches. you. Let me just stop you, Parks. I, I will not allow that argument. Who are you going to get? Hmm. Did you ever hear of? I guarantee you, no one in Pittsburgh heard of Chuck Knoll until he got plucked off the Cleveland Browns coaching staff. Nobody heard of Bill Cowher unless you lived in Crafton, PA, where he was from, and nobody heard of Mike Tomlin before he got plucked out of the Minnesota Vikings coaching staff uh, 15 years ago. I mean, so this whole thing, like, we can't find other coaches who can do a better job. Yes, we can, because I can point to a number of young coaches, including the one in Green Bay, including the one with the L.A. Rams, uh, including the one in Arizona who could win his division this year with a mighty Mike quarterback who looks like he I'm taller than him. 
So this whole thing that we can't find better coaches is just BS. Well, I knew Tomlin was going to do great. I did. Uh, I got some inside information. He was my grandparents' paper boy. Is that true? Going to Carlinton. Yes, that is a fact. So they said, hmm. yeah, that young guy. You mean guy, Cower. Yeah, Cower. They said, you know, great defensive yeah. guy. Not Hell of a paper boy. Arm. No, not, not a great arm. Not a quarterback <laughs> prospect. But, uh, you know, the thing about Tomlin is he just hasn't proven himself without a really good quarterback. And that's, right. that's the issue. And I think that's a concern. I, I think he's sort of been standing still the last couple of years and playing like not to lose rather than trying to right. win well, the Super Bowl. He's very lucky that he's going to have another Hall of Fame quarterback following Ben in um, – uh, Mason Rudolph, who, you know, I'm the world's number one fan of Mason Rudolph. So back-to-back Hall of Famers is very rare. Uh, we've seen that in Indianapolis. Well, I don't I don't think Andrew Luck's going to was around long enough for a Hall of Famer, but it's Hall of Fame potential. And then obviously uh, Green Bay with uh, Favre and um, uh, Aaron Rodgers. They, we got to take one quick... 15 to draft draft. Right, exactly right. Hey, we'll be right back here with Tour Live, WHP 5 Legs are tied, these hands are broken. Alone I try, with words unspoken. Silent cry, my breath is frozen. Blinded eyes, I fear myself. It's burning down, it's burning high. When ashes fall, the legends rise. We burn it out, come by a wine. When ashes fall, the legends rise. Gang, welcome back. Segment two, Latour Live. Uh, you guys both, by the way, are wearing matching identical Penguins hats, although Keith looks like it's from uh, 1983, uh, but nonetheless, somewhat identical. Uh, I've got the Steelers hoodie on. Keith has a terrible towel behind him. Philly is not getting a lot of love on this call, and it has nothing to do with the surging crime rate in Philly. Anyway, um, one of, one of the topics I wanted to bring up this week, uh, we're taping this show uh, as we speak every Wednesday. Today is January 5th, but we're coming up on the one-year mark of the so-called insurrection in Washington, D.C., January 6th. We all recall it last year. Let me be very clear right off the top. Nobody on this show approves of anybody breaking into the Capitol, assaulting police officers, all those dummies who did that. Uh, deserve everything they get when it comes to the rule of law, as long as we are following that rule of law. But as usual, Keith, uh, Washington has a way of taking over something and completely changing what it was. And I have a good friend of mine. uh, His name's Mark Weaver. He works in public affairs in Ohio. He's also a lawyer. And he wrote a column this week for Newsweek. And I want to read this uh, lead to you, uh, Keith. He writes, even more destructive than the actions of the miscreants who bashed in the windows of our Capitol building and swarmed in the U.S. Congress are these attempts to politicize the rule of law. And as these attempts reach a fever pitch this week, American citizens must demand equal application of the rule of law. Every rioter who assaulted a police officer should be imprisoned. But the rule of law requires consistency, and that's what's missing and what's being hidden by the hyperbole. After all 
the violent political violence of 2020 didn't begin on January 6th. It began with the Black Lives Matter riots throughout the summer. And if every person who rioted or injured on January 6th belongs in prison, so too do the BLM rioters and Antifa lawbreakers who did the same in cities across America in the months prior to January 6th. Well, I think that's true. Um you know, I forget the year, but um, there was a whole big crowd that invaded the Wisconsin State House about four years ago when they didn't like one of the bills up for right consideration. Remember so, that? You know, Remember all that, that violence, breaking that was, windows? That was more of them. So, I mean, you do have to apply it equally. And it was not an insurrection. It was a riot palooza by a bunch of half drunk, a bunch of idiots that it's were correct. stupidly uh, stirred up, and you had a security group that was not prepared. You could debate about why they weren't prepared, but they were not, and they should have taken more precautions. That was also ridiculous. But yeah, these people, anyone who went in without permission and anyone who engaged in any vandalism should be arrested and should be charged and should serve some some jail time. I think there's no question about it. I just don't even want to watch January 6th coverage because it's going to be so slanted. Congress comes up with this committee that only Nancy Pelosi can appoint the members to. Uh, and I could go on and on and on. In in, uh, in that uh, column I was talking about Newsweek, uh, Mark goes on to write, Judicial branch personnel were in danger nightly as Antifa thugs launched weapons far deadlier than any used in the Capitol breach. Yet the same Biden Justice Department, maniacally pursuing January 6th prosecutions, has dismissed almost half of the cases against courthouse insurrectionists. This is a perilous breach of rule of, of the rule of law, Keith. Well, uh, yeah, you've got to apply it equally. And the point of the Justice Department is to be impartial. And, you know, it, it isn't being done. And I think it's going to boomerang against them. And the re- the rhetoric is getting ridiculous. Right. I, I saw someone say recently that 2022 could be the last election in America. <laughs> well, that's the whole dem line. That's the whole yeah. dem line now. Because because we're in a spot where everybody wants to one up the next person. Right. So you're running out of places to go after, you know, that's why I always like to say this is the worst thing since the civilization bronze age collapse <laughs> because historically speaking can't be topped it cannot be topped either that or the the earth's <laughs> core might explode those two right. things it just continues to anger me how remember by the way how politicized the justice department was <clears throat> under trump you could argue uh, the same people that are making that argument, you could argue that Biden is politicizing the Justice Department even more than Trump ever did with this whole insurrection thing. But nobody cares. And that nobody cares who's a Democrat. And that's what really bothers me about politics. Call it all out. Call it even. Be even about it. Call it all out or you're just a partisan hack. What's I think that new mayor, uh, Eric Adams, is a good person for the Democrats to have because he's gone against a lot of that orthodoxy. And he said, you know, we need to have law and order in the streets and we need to put kids back to school because that's what the facts say. And, you know, we need to govern based on the facts and on what's in the public interest. What kind of coverage would you like to see on January 6th, Keith? I'm not watching any of it because I could predict it all right now. You're not going to see any of it. It's going to be 
apologists on one side and it's going to be, you know, hurricane category five, the roof's caving in on the other side. The end of democracy. Yeah, the end of democracy. (laughs) And all this fear mongering has very real effects. I mean, you know, you've seen especially on this and on the covid stuff. People are going way overboard in their reaction, and it's becoming harmful to them in mental health and physical health. Well, listen, when Biden predicts a winner of death, right, he goes out and tells people to expect a winner of death. How does the president of the United States expect people to react? The one side digs their heels in and says, screw you. I'm still not getting vaccinated. I don't care what you say. And the other side says, I'm scared crazy and that's not how i wanted to put it by the way they're petrified the amount of fear i see out there over omicron is stupefying to me our our emergency rooms are crowded with people looking for tests tests and they're not even seriously ill no they're like i think i got it give me a test <laughs> right. i think that's i got the it. problem right right uh my my son has bronchitis and uh you know he had to get tested and we were able to get him a test et cetera et cetera but i was talking to our doctor's office and the doctor's office is like our phones won't stop ringing with people who aren't sick but want to get tested for covid and you know what people they've been saying this for months by the way keith for months if you think you have it and you don't have a test just quarantine Quarantine. If you really think you have it, quarantine. Yeah. Okay. It's it's just that simple. But no, everybody wants to get a test to prove they have it, even though they don't feel sick. I have not been tested, not once. Really? Because I haven't had any symptoms. Why do I need to get tested? No, I get it. No, if you haven't had any symptoms. Why am I wasting that? I know other people haven't been tested. So if I had it, I don't know. Well, what's it matter if I had it or not? I already had my shot. I get a booster sometime this month. Right. There you go. And then you're good to go. But look, you know, one thing is for sure is people should still get vaccinated and get the shot. And one of part of the misinformation of this Omicron thing is it is still worse than the flu. It is still a problem. And you want to delay getting this as long as possible. If you think about people who if you were careful and if you got vaccinated and you delayed getting it for a year or a year and a half, Mm-hmm. You're now with a virus that is less lethal, which, right. is, by the way, is something you'd expect. You would expect that a virus right. would mutate to become more contagious and less lethal because that's how it spreads more easily. Yeah, so look, the longer you can put off getting it, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, look, I'll, uh, I'm fully vaccinated. I'm boosted. My whole family is. I'll never understand why people don't vaccinate. But I think that they're just mad because they're they're these lockdowns, they're all these requirements. Right. For a segment of people, they're like, this is the one thing I can control. I can say, right. F you, I'm not getting a shot. That's by the, the way, one how thing about, they can't make me do. By the way, how about the Biden administration telling us over and over they had a plan, uh, they'd be ready on day one. Biden comes out like the day before Christmas and says, there isn't a federal solution. It's up to the states to solve uh, they declined to buy enough tests, even though they knew Omicron was going to surge across Pennsylvania and people would want to be tested. Uh, Jen Psaki uh, yesterday said at her press briefing, we were not where we needed to be in terms of testing supplies ahead of the holidays. And, and, and Biden at one point said, we had no idea this was coming, even though they knew six <laughs> weeks prior 
that, yeah, it was coming. I mean, this administration has been anything but ready since day one. So if you thought the Trump administration was a train wreck, there's no way to look at this administration any other way as well. It's like Nixon's secret plan to get out of Vietnam. Vote for me, and then I'll figure it out. <laughs> I'll figure that's, it out. And I'm not that's telling exactly you that what they did. because that's a problem. Guys like us were saying, for months, Biden was saying, and I have a plan on the campaign trail. Well, what's your plan? There was never a plan. There was never, ever a plan. Hey, guys, hang on. Uh, listen, we all know Dr. Naughton loves sports betting. Um, this next segment's all his. He has a lot, a lot of intel and information to share with you. I suggest you get ready to buckle up, listen, and make some money. Coming up, segment three, LaCroix Live, WHB 5 Tour Live, WHP 580, here this week with our amazing producer, Michael Parks, and uh, our guest co-host this week uh, of Silent Majority Strategies and established gambling degenerate, Dr. Keith Naughton. Dr. Naughton, the floor is yours. Lend your intelligence to the listeners out there. Show them the way to make the road paved with gold. Place your bets, ladies and gentlemen. The Super Bowl and any championship bet, it's like the worst, stupidest suckers bet ever, <laughs> except the last two weeks of the regular season. <laughs> this is the time you got to bet. And I don't bet the Super Bowl. I bet AFC or NFC championships. Because what you've got is you've got a bunch of teams that you know can't win, and they're driving up the odds for teams that have a chance. So this is the last time. You got value. Make your pick before the games on Saturday. So I've got Kansas City. Uh, I think they are a legitimate favorite, plus 225. But I also took the Titans at plus 425. You can get them plus 500 at MGM. They're getting Derrick Henry and Julio Jones back. They've been playing well. Um, I also have Cincinnati plus 900 because Burrow's just too good. I could see him maybe catching fire. And I think the Colts are really hot. They just hit a pothole with the Raiders. They're plus a thousand. So I took those four teams. I can make a profit if any of those teams make it. Chargers, Raiders, Ravens, Steelers, no chance. New England with Mac Jones, that's not a Super Bowl team. And I just don't think Buffalo can ride Josh Allen. So we could take a chance with that. But you could bet the Chiefs and the Bills and still make a profit if one of those teams makes it. So NFC, Green Bay is plus 150. When you look at the bottom teams, 
uh, and they're the favorite. Cowboys, Cards, Eagles, Niners, Saints. I just don't think any of those teams have a chance. Like Dallas, their record is inflated by um, playing a bunch of weak teams. They're only three and five against teams that are over 500. They only have two good wins, which is Patriots back when they were two and four and Chargers in week two. I think they're going to lose the Eagles this week. So I don't like Dallas. But with the pack, the Bucks, and the Rams, you can bet all three. And I did those three. And you can Hold make on. A small profit. Let me ask you a quick question. Yeah, shoot. To get into the playoffs, the Steelers need to beat Baltimore, and Jacksonville wins and need, needs to win at home to the Colts. Yes. Thoughts? As long as the Chargers and the Raiders don't tie. Yeah, but they're not going to tie. But anyway, yeah, so. So, any thoughts no, on that? I, I don't think I, – I think the Colts are going to beat the Jags. I, I don't think they're going to have much much trouble with that. So, and then okay. they're in. And then that, okay. that, that, yeah. I'd be just as happy with the Steelers avoiding having to play Kansas City in the first round of the playoffs. And, by the way, if the Steelers lose, they'll be 8-8-1, eight, eight, and one, which is roughly 8-5, and five, which is exactly – but the number was going into the season, although you lose with the half the half game. Damn. But I like last week, nothing to play for, little to play for. I like all these dogs. I love Detroit plus two and a half and plus 124. It's going to, I mean, I can't believe they're going to play Aaron Rodgers for more than a quarter. It wouldn't surprise me if they had like the locker room attendance dressing. I mean, why do they, they don't need to do anything. So I like that one. I like Cleveland plus three against Cincinnati. I can't believe they're going to play Burrow. And with um, Arizona and Seattle, I like Seattle. It opened at six and a half, and now it's plus seven. Arizona is, let me check this out. They are three and four at home, eight and one on the road. They do not want to win the division. Now, understand this. These coaches make some of the stupidest, stupidest, ridiculous decisions, unfathomable. So you got to watch out for idiot coaches making bad moves. And that I'm affect your money. That, that affect your money. They affect your money. I can live with bad beats. I don't like them. I can live with them. What I hate is dumb decisions that cost me money. And these coaches have been killing me all year. Who's the worst? Brandon Staley, Chargers, <laughs> throw this guy into the ocean and toss him a cement block. How many times is he going to go for it on fourth down instead oh. of taking sure points? Fourth and 40? Sure, why not? <laughs> you win scoring touchdowns. Really? Really? You know, by the way, the Jags won 9-6 over the Bills. That's right. Un- well said. Unbelievably bad decisions. You know, that game, that th- that Thursday night game, I mean, not only... Which game are you talking about? Before Christmas, Chargers and... Um, Raiders? Chargers and... No, Chiefs. not Chargers and Raiders. Chargers, Chargers and Chiefs. Chiefs. They got a chance to win the division. Right. Huge upset. Like one of the biggest wins in franchise history. When you get first and goal at the five, why are you tossing it in the end zone four straight times? Why right. don't you run it twice? The next week, Belichick was in the same spot, incompletion. He ran it, gets down to the two. Now his idiot right guard gets offsides. Thanks a lot. And that cost him. But, you know, you push down to like the one-yard line, and even then if you give it up, if you give it to the other team on the one, you're much better positioned than giving it up on the five. Right. You're doing a much better segment. And 
they had a chance to kick a field goal right at the end of the first half. I mean, this guy's leaving points on the board, and it's all about ego. He just wants to prove that he's a genius, and he's and only smarter than everybody. Yeah, he's only proven that he doesn't know how to call a game. I think we found the new coach for the Steelers. No. <laughs> We know we'll play the percentages. Well, by the way, I like I also like Niners plus four and a half against the Rams. Um, I just think these teams don't have much to play for. I don't think they should be playing for it. Carolina, Tampa. I bet us put a small bet on Carolina plus eight and a half. The problem is, I think that the three of us and eight random people beat the stinking Panthers. They are so awful. <laughs> Although I like under 42. <laughs> Hell, I like under one and a half for those. Right. Um, and I do like uh, Philadelphia to beat uh, Dallas. I, I think Gardner Minch is a pretty good quarterback. He'll be playing. I can't imagine they're going to play Prescott. And I think he's a good – Minch is going to be a good pickup in the offseason. Do the Eagles team. need anything? Do the Eagles need to do anything? No, no, but they're at home. It's Dallas. I think Minshew will be in. I think Cooper. Does Rush the game mean anything? In. No, it doesn't mean okay. anything. I think Dallas might have a shot at a better seating, but I can't imagine that they're going to put a running quarterback like Jalen Hurts out there. Yeah, I got you. Okay. So All there's right. a smorgasbord of picks for you. And if it wasn't for this idiot Hub Arkush for the Chicago Tribune, this jackass who is ripping Aaron Rodgers and saying, I'm not voting for that guy because I don't like him. I would be betting on Brady and Burrow for MVP. So you think, think that'll be a backlash and Rodgers will get that, it because yeah, of this guy? I think guy. that loudmouth confirms it for Rodgers. I think he was the favorite, but he was like a minus 400 favorite, which I think is crazy. Burrow right. was 12 to 1, 14 to 1 in some places, and Brady was 5 to 1. I thought those were. Decent long shot bets because they're legit MVP contenders. Right. And I think there's a secret vote against Rogers. Well, not anymore. Thanks to, you know, loudmouth over there. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> Didn't cost me any money, but just stupid. What's your four star special this weekend, though? If you had one pick and somebody put a gun to your head and said, give me your best pick, Naughton, what's it going to be? Lions plus two and a half. Lions and plus I two and that, a half. And I hate Dan Campbell as a head coach. Worst manager of the last three minutes in all of sports. I include like semi-pro pickleball in Zambia. This guy is a complete <laughs> moron. I've seen him. He's just blown opportunities at the end of games. It's incredible. There was a that Thanksgiving game. Oh, he brutalized the end of that game. He's he's staring at his laminated play sheet and the clock's ticking and the clock's right. ticking. It goes 20 seconds and he looks up and calls a timeout. Unbelievable. I mean, this guy should coach during the week, give the rah-rah speech and then right. go up into the stands and eat nachos because he is a menace on the <laughs> sidelines. <laughs> Which again brings up my point. Who is who is out there that is a better coach than Tomlin? <laughs> Norton just pointed out that every other coach in the NFL is an idiot. Look, all I have to say about Mike Tomlin is, if we want to get on that rant again, is he has never hired a coordinator in 15 yes. years that has gone on to a head coaching, let alone a head coaching interview. Right. Head coaching interview. There's a lot of scuttlebutt that they're going to can Matt Canada 
the offensive coordinator this year and bring in their old offensive coordinator, Ken Wisenhunt, who, by the way, led the Cardinals to the Super Bowl game against the Steelers. Uh, Ben's second Super Bowl win, Ken Wisenhunt was on the other side. Uh, That'd be a great move. It would be nice to see Tomlin bring somebody in from the outside who has actual NFL experience. would be great to see him do that with a defensive coordinator as well. Um, because I just think they're routinely was overmatched. It, it, right, I'm done talking steel. Was it Arians? What, what, was it Arians uh, under Tomlin? He was a, a Cower hire. Oh, yeah. Cower brought him to the Steelers, so Tomlin doesn't deserve any credit for that. And let's face it, they pushed him out and said he was retired. And a week later, he accepted the offensive coordinator's gig at Indianapolis. Hmm. Right. And then the Colts coach got cancer, so he became interim head coach of Indianapolis, parlayed that into a Cardinals head coaching job, eventually ends up head coach at Tampa Bay, and wins the Super Bowl. So Mike Tomlin's never getting credit for that. Okay, gang, we'll be right back here in what we're watching, WHP 5. What you watching? What you watching on TV? What you watching? What you watching? Time to tell old Hmm. Take that song in. I know everybody missed it over the holidays. First, uh, first performance of 2022. Parks still, still one of the best songs I hear all week. Is that right? Amen. <laughs> And it's about television. Wait a minute. Makes it even get, get, better. Get, 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 get your lighter out and, and hold it up. Don't right. Hold up a remote control. Right. No doubt. No doubt. All right. Hey, Dr. Keith Naughton of Silent Majority Strategies, gambling degenerate. And I mean that. And we're just joking when we say that. You're not a gambling degenerate, but it's fun to call you that. What are you watching? So I watched Don't Look Up on Netflix, and I only made it halfway through. Maybe I should have watched the whole thing, but I just kind of... A lot of people love that movie. Yeah, I got a lot of good reviews, and I just thought the jokes were kind of lame. And there's a movie called Wag the Dog, if you remember that. 
Right. Uh, Robert De Niro, uh, Dennis Leary, Dustin Hoffman, uh, Andrea Mitchell, Dustin Hoffman, not Andrea Mitchell, Andrea Martin, <laughs> uh, right. and Dustin uh, Dustin Hoffman. That was a great movie, and maybe I was kind of comparing it to that, but I I kind of gave up on on that because uh, I just thought the politics was a little lame. Uh, and then I watched a series called Pretend the City, which uh, I don't know if many of the listeners would like it, but there's this. Um, humorous called Fran Lebowitz. She lives in New York and she writes books about living in New York. And she has, there's an episode about called, called Metropolitan of Transit. It's about all her complaints about the New York city subways, which are legion. And so it's not stand up comedy, but it's sort of half between essay and stand up comedy. And that's what you got. Yeah. You watch nothing else over the holidays? I mean, I watched uh, I watched the bowl games. I love that Rose Bowl game until the Utah quarterback got hurt. That, that was, was a great awful. game. That was awful. And it was terrible he got hurt. And then I, you know, I really you were following me that Peach Bowl game, that pit covering 3, if they lost by 3, that would have killed so many in-game betters. Right, that was part of my 10-0 streak. As soon as that Nick Patty, their second-string quarterback, went out, you knew that money was flooding in on Michigan State, and Pitt kept it close, kept it close, and that kid threw that pick six. So, Parks. The books are celebrating. Yeah, so, Parks, uh, uh, who did they play in the Peach Bowl again? Michigan State. State. Michigan State's up three. The line's three and a half. They're up three. Pitt's going down the field to try and win the game, or they could have tied it. Um, I'm thinking I lost the game. All of a sudden, the third-string quarterback throws a pick six. Michigan State wins by 10 and covers the spread. Total backdoor miracle cover uh, inside of the last minute of the game. That helped me to my uh, 10-0. and 10-0, so there you go. But the, the in-game betting had to have just been crazy because right. the line must have moved to like nine and a half. And money right. had to have been flooding in. So it was a miracle cover for the books. Hmm. Yep, no doubt. Michael Parks, what are you watching? Uh, I will save the uh, finale of Yellowstone for you, but I will point out it was, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Beth's conjugal visit slash wedding dress was, prob- <laughs> was probably the <laughs> highlight of the uh, finale. <laughs> And also, I love that uh, I found out that you'd never, ever, if in Texas, put beans in chili. So, Yeah, that surprised me, right? They're having a conversation about chili. It was invented, created in Texas, and it did not include beans. Yeah, that's that's the word. I was shocked to hear that. Yeah. Um, I think Cincinnati chili doesn't have beans either. Yeah, they said yeah. it would be stew. He referred to it, he goes, you put beans in it, it it'd be, it's called stew in, in Texas. Yeah, right, yeah. right. Um, I, tried to, I, I tried to do what Dave said, and I wanted, I had 10 days off. I wanted so much to stream and binge, but I didn't. I just got bowled over. I watched every bowl game starting at 11 a.m. Bowled over. <laughs> and I did that. My wife, however, who was streaming challenged, came down to me. And she was off. She goes, I want to watch Sex in the City. I go, no problem. It's on HBO Max. Here you go. Right. Started it. Uh, about an hour now later. I'm going she, to get a divorce. <laughs> then she comes down and I go, how was the show? She goes, oh, my God. She goes, that was as raunchy as hell. <laughs> so, yeah, she had to take a break. 
And just quickly, is one of those things where you're walking around, uh, you're flipping around, and you come upon a movie that you just can't stop watching, like Rocky. I came upon uh, Avengers Endgame. And it was right after they lost one of the heroines and everything was sad and tragic and dramatic. And Tony and the Hulk were putting the jewels back into the glove and they were delicately mm-hmm. doing it. Then all of a sudden they get them all in and that freaking raccoon shows up behind them and goes, boom. <laughs> <laughs> that raccoon is the best. <laughs> I just started howling. I forgot that was the point of the movie. So that was great. They went. To That's the Bradley uh, Cooper right. plays the, uh, t- provides the voice of the raccoon. Yeah. I can't remember. I'm not a big superhero guy. Yeah, all right. It. Anyway. Okay. That's it. Good stuff. Parks. Okay. So here's what I'm watching. Uh, obviously, Yellowstone, the sequel, I'm sorry, the uh, finale was this past week. Unlike previous years, it was good that it didn't end in a huge shootout, although I do like the shootouts. Um, I thought it was a bit more measured. Uh, it, it, it did a good job setting up next year, which I liked. Um, I, I could do without the whole Jamie and the wolf visions and stuff like that. That kind of irritates me. I'm strangely interested in the whole Jimmy storyline with him going down to Texas, meeting the girl, coming back, his ex-girlfriend and his current girlfriend, getting in one of the coolest fights I've ever seen. Those two could really duke it out over Jimmy, no less. Uh, But, you know, look, on a scale of 1 to 10, I'd probably give the finale like a 7. Um but, you know, I'm still a huge fan of Yellowstone. Love everything about the show. Uh, I did do a lot of binging. Uh, super fan Rick Galliardo has been bugging me for two years to watch the show For All Mankind on Apple+. Plus, and it's about the space race, although it's fictionally based. It was created by Ronald D. Moore, who... who um, uh, helmed the Battlestar Galactica remake, which won all kinds of awards. Great, great show. Uh, For All Mankind uh, starts out with the moon landing and what throws you off and you don't realize it till the person touches the moon is it's not Neil Armstrong. It's the Ruskies. The Ruskies got to the moon before us. And the whole show presents this alternate universe of us chasing Russia in the space race, how it changed everything, uh, how it changed history, you know, who became president and who didn't, but it largely all surrounds the space race and getting women into the space race sooner. And I, I just find it to be a fascinating, I watched the first season, which is 10 episodes in probably two days. I absolutely loved it. I'm binging through the second season right now. So, First season takes place 1969 to 72. Second season takes place 1983 during the space shuttle era, which is kind of cool seeing all this set in the 1980s. So it's pretty cool. And they've established bases on the moon, Russia and the U.S., and now things are about to get a little dirty up there on the moon. So I kind of I dig it all. It's kind of fun. Sounds like uh, a bunch of Hollywood commie propaganda, but not really. It's 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 a lot of. Fun. I think it's a lot of fun, and it's really well done. High production quality. All right. There's some, there's I watched some, the first three episodes. There's some future bets Shut going up. on. Shut up! I watched the first three episodes of 1883 on Paramount. That is the prequel series to Yellowstone. Uh, just like Yellowstone, high quality, great storytelling. Talk about gritty. I mean, the way they present the Old West there, um, 
I, I just think it's fantastic. So I really like 1883. Fourth episode's coming out next week. They delayed it for a week for the Yellowstone finale. Then on New Year's Day, I binged Cobra Kai on Netflix, hmm. season four. Cobra Kai is back. What I like about Cobra Kai is every episode's 30 minutes, no more than 40. So you can just run right through it, man. Ten episodes, boom, all the way through. They bring old characters back. It's a lot of fun, uh, entertaining throughout. Great cliffhangers. Great finale in season four to uh, Cobra Kai. Highly recommended. And if you haven't watched any Cobra Kai, you're very lucky because you have four seasons to binge, and I think you'll really enjoy it. Enjoy it. Finally, the next show I'm going to watch uh, – was recommended by another super fan, Brian Burton, and uh, he's represent. He, he's recommending Man in the Arena on ESPN that looks at all ten seasons of Tom Brady going to the Super Bowl. And then finally, speaking of super fans, I want to touch on we lost a super fan over the holidays. Good friend of the show. His name is Farron Clouser. Um, a good friend of me and my wife's, uh, as as well as. Uh, uh, he has a lovely wife, Shelly. Uh, we lost Farron uh, over the holidays, and we just want to tell Shelly and her family that we're thinking of them. And uh, Farron was just – if you can go out and people say you're a great dude, you've lived a pretty good life. So here's to you, Farron. We'll be thinking of you. And thanks, everybody, for listening. Welcome back to our shows in 2022, and we'll see you right here next week. Latour Live, WHP 580.